0: Shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America.
1: I'm Sarah Ferris, true crime podcaster. And I'm Catherine Schweit, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. And you're listening to Stop the Killing.
0: time for another little bonus episode and I mean little this week it really is just a sound bite. it's an on-the-fly recording that Catherine took when she was at the firearms injury research conference at the end of 2022 and if you've just stumbled across stop the killing and this is the first time you've ever listened to a podcast might I recommend you go back and listen to our full episodes this one is just a bonus. So with that in mind, do note that it is set in a conference room so there will be background noise. And with that, over to Catherine.
1: Can you give me your name?
2: Yeah, I'm Danielle Hachimonji and I'm a researcher at Nemours Children's Health in Delaware. And
1: you
3: are? I'm Justin Hachimonji. I'm a trauma and surgical critical care fellow at the University of Pennsylvania.
1: And so we're... Here at the 2022 first ever National Research Conference on Firearm Injury Prevention, and you are here displaying your findings on what... Justin or Danielle.
3: <laughs> so we looked at we looked at responses to the Youth Risk Behavior Survey which is uh, administered uh, uh, biannually by the CDC to high school kids and looked at trends in their risk behaviors over the course of about 20 years from 2001 to 2020. And what we found was almost all of the risk behaviors that we looked at things like carrying a weapon or being in a fight at school they decreased over time. On the other hand, when we looked at also CDC data on firearm injuries and deaths in this same age group. So we used kids ages 14 to 18. There was not a significant trend in either direction over the same time period. So while it would seem like kids are doing less of what we would consider sort of risky behaviors, there did not seem to be a correlation with the outcome of shootings and deaths and injuries.
1: So, Danielle, I'm looking at a chart that has a green and a blue and a red line on it, and they're talking about the rates of firearms injury and death for 14- to 18-year-olds. And what does this chart tell our viewers who are only listening?
2: The big takeaway is that there was no change over time. There's no clear trend. There's no increase. There's no decrease in firearm injury and death for 14- to 18-year-olds, and this is at the national level. And that's just interesting in comparison to the clear decreasing trends. When you look at the graph visually, you can see that it's going down over time, but this is all these risky behaviors that you would think if those are going down, you would see Fewer shootings, fewer injuries, fewer deaths, but there's no change in that behavior that we're trying to affect with these risk behaviors. So, again, these are at the national level, so very broad strokes. So, we don't really have a lot of ideas about why those things aren't following the same pathway, but I think it's a kind of a conversation starter and something to look more into.
1: How does this help future researchers? Because I think that one of the things that the general public doesn't always appreciate is that every little piece of research stacks on another piece of research. What does this tell you about for your next research project or somebody else's next research project? Maybe correlation versus causation? Is that part of it?
3: Yeah. So I think that it maybe says a couple of things. One is it's not this, right? So what is it that puts teenagers, adolescents at risk for firearm injury? it may not be this, things like carrying a weapon or being in a fight. On the other hand, it may be that that we've taken too broad a view in using sort of national-scale data. And something that we're talking about doing going forward is looking at similar stuff but on a smaller scale, so by state, by city, even by school district. And I think that looking at a more sort of granular view may help parse this out a little bit better. Oh,
1: I love that. I love that. This is excellent. Any last thoughts? So, you know, I come from a
2: school based perspective. I do a lot of work in schools and kind of school safety. And I think this just shows us that in some ways we're doing a good job in helping to try to create safer schools. Like we are seeing decreases in these behaviors, but at the same time, we're not protecting our kids the way that we want to be on this national scale. And so it's in some ways hopeful and promising, and in other ways it's motivating to keep working to try to figure out how to protect all kids.
1: I'll set it all that's why you partnered up with her that's right. yeah. okay thank you very much
3: thank you
0: thanks for listening and if you want to know more katherine's book stop the killing is out now for more details go to katherine please consider also supporting our independently made podcast it's simple to do go to patreon.com forward slash stop the killing and for as little as the price of a latte a month you can be part of the solution to stop the killing
2: You are cordially invited to subscribe to The Bouquet Toss wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. By the power vested in us, we pronounce you free to plan your day your way.
1: Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis.